0: Brothers and sanguine sisters to deeply discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell, Rick Merritt, and Zach Rowland. Hello, and today we are discussing season three, episode two, Finding Freebo. Uh, it is the episode where we actually find Freebo, and Dexter takes care of him, but not before. Uh, miguel prado is also uh, on the scene and dexter manages to keep miguel from learning that he is a serial killer but doesn't keep him from learning that he killed freebo and uh so there's a big reveal there at the end of the episode that miguel now knows that dexter has killed at least one person what you guys think of this episode overall
1: I actually really liked this episode. Um, it ended so strongly. Like, it gives you hope for the rest of the season.
2: Same. I thought this episode was... I mean, it was just okay. I wouldn't say it was great. I wouldn't say it was necessarily good, but it was okay. It, was, it, was, it wasn't bad. Um, but the ending, like you said, was very, very strong. The ending brought it from mediocre up to not bad. Yeah,
3: I thought this was kind of a boring episode until the ending, so overall, just like the last, you know, eight minutes of the episode were really great, intense, and, and interesting to watch. But everything else was kind of just like, you know, filler, let's keep the stories rolling along, and then we'll get to the good stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree for the most part. Um, the move, the episode opens on Dexter pondering children in a waiting room. He's thinking about how right now he can interact with kids and then leave them when he leaves. Uh, Rita comes out and confirms that yes, she really is pregnant. Dexter doesn't answer. It cuts to them in the elevator. Rita asks what they should do. Dexter doesn't know, and Rita asks him to weigh the options with her, but Dexter says he has to go to work. Uh, terrible boyfriend, one hundred and one.
3: Yeah, that's like coming up with an excuse not to have sex. <laughs> it's yeah. like I, I I gotta go to work. Yeah,
0: I have. <laughs> I've been having like pains been having pains i don't think i should move right now
1: i mean there's there's a lot of ways you can take that news dexter could have ghosted her while she was in the office (laughs) so she just comes out and he's gone now she doesn't have a ride home oh
0: this doesn't go quite as bad as the whole uh uh season two finale where rita's just totally fine with everything <laughs> like at least she's not like okay, have a good time at work, see you later. Yeah, and at,
3: at least he doesn't start shoveling food into his mouth. Like that would I think would be the other option. If he's just like got a he's just like got a sandwich and he's just no. like uh huh, eating sandwich, <laughs> was, eating
1: sandwich. <laughs> there was also that. There was also that he time he where they were watching a sad thing. movie and he tried to go down. Like he could have done that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In the elevator. In the elevator.
2: Right like, here in the elevator. I don't
1: know
0: what to do. <laughs> Should we weigh the options? <laughs> we
2: reaction to that news?
1: Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: it's,
1: that's, that's really the only option.
0: Yeah. Uh, Deb does a reminder about how the police are still looking for Freebo um, so that we remember what the plot of the season is. Uh, Dexter thinks he has to find Freebo before the police because he killed Oscar Prado. Deb asks Dexter to take a look into The Jane Doe that she's working Which is Freebo's girlfriend, Tegan uh, Deb tells him that The coroner said that the square of skin Removed from Tegan's shoulder was not a tattoo uh, Dexter bumps into Masuka Who has some kind of shrine set up It says, freedom of religion, buddy All the iconography is to help Masuka's article Get published in the Forensics Quarterly magazine
1: is, is Masuka even part of this show? Like he, he seems like such a non-sequitur. He's just not attached to anything
3: at all. He just pops up and like, I do stupid stuff, and then he leaves.
2: Three lines per episode. Yeah, I
3: think that was written into his contract. He's like, I gotta get at least three lines in, whatever they are, and then we can move on.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, all he did in the last episode was set up that he was trying to get this article into Forensics Quarterly. And now this episode, he's waiting to hear if they're gonna publish it. It's like awesome story arc for him there,
2: guys. (laughs) (laughs) They're really digging to give him something to do.
0: Um, Miguel is trying to uh, light a fire under LaGuerta. She tries to talk up her team, but Miguel slips and says it's the same team that slept on the Bay Harbor Butcher. Um, He immediately apologizes. Miguel says that he's driving his wife nuts, too. LaGuerta says she doubts that. She says she knows what she's got. Uh, There's this sort of tension between Miguel and LaGuardia based on their previous relationship. Um, Which I just, like, I never like it. Um, LaGuardia says that uh, with the Bay Arbor Butcher, they were too close to see it clearly, and that's why she's now distanced herself from things. She encourages Miguel to do the same with Oscar's case, and... Miguel tells her that while they're not as close as they used to be, he's glad to have her as a colleague and that she's leading Miami Metro. Which is sort of like saying, thanks for being the captain of this sinking ship. We really appreciate it. Um, Hope you enjoy water. See you later, bye.
3: Yeah, LaGuarta's just got her hooks in like all the men. Like, all the time, too. She's really, uh, she's, um... Not a not a lady killer That's not the right term What's the term right but like opposite <laughs> um,
0: Slut Man eater <laughs> <laughs>
3: Widow
2: but she's not all, killing them
3: You all
1: so. went there I was Sleeping
0: just... her way to the top uh, It's like
1: when did she have time to yeah. go to the academy
0: I don't think she did But, <laughs> <I guess. laughs> but to be fair I she don't think it's to. required for Miami Metro That's true You don't have to go to the police academy to get into Miami Metro you just need to jump the fence and set up a desk somewhere, and they seem <laughs> that you work there. Um, Angel assures LaGuardia that he has the Oscar case under control. Deb is questioning some trans hookers about Tegan, um, and one of them says to the other, Petunia, you are the dumbest whore on this stroll. I felt like memorializing that line. Um, Yuki from <laughs> IA shows up yet again, asks Deb if the she gave her any leads. She tells Deb that she can get her a detective shield for helping build a case against Quinn. Again. uh, She also tells Deb that she has her life... All she has in her life is her cop friends, a dead dad, and a treadmill. And Deb says, you're kind of a cunt, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I don't like Yuki.
0: I don't think we're supposed to. I don't think we're supposed to like
2: her. About done with her.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, Brooke's quick on the draw when it comes to these... These forces of nature that come from the outside.
2: Yeah. No nope. uh, Three strikes, and you're like, out. You know. She's she's had I think three scenes, and I'm done. Cut any random
1: female that shows up on Dexter, Brooke is just immediately against.
2: <laughs> hey, don't forget. Same way with kids. Child child actors get the
0: same. You know what's going to happen is <laughs> like sometime in the next episode or two, Angel's going to be sitting in his car talking to himself, and then the camera's going to pan around and reveal <laughs> that Yuki's been sitting in the back seat the whole time. So he's the one that ends up Uh, ratting out Quinn. And
2: then whining and being. He's done it before. I know. Squeak,
0: squeak. Um, (laughs) Dexter is ahead of Deb because he has Tegan's name. He finds her in the police database. Tegan's name leads to a montage of Dexter thinking about appropriate baby names. Uh, He's interrupted by Miguel. Miguel thanks Dexter for coming to the wake. He asks Dexter to come over and bring Rita to dinner. Deb goes to a concert where Quinn C.I. is playing. She asks him if uh, he knows who is in the picture of Tegan. He doesn't, but he'll show it around. And as Rita and Dexter walk up Miguel's front walk, she's making comment after comment about how kid-friendly the house is while Dexter is giving the Latin names for all the plants. hmm <laughs> Uh, Rita says, I'm not talking about grass, Dexter, I'm trying to talk about the pregnancy. And Dexter says, Well maybe you should be less subtle in the future. Okay.
2: God, how does he have a girlfriend? <laughs>
1: how do how does anybody not see that he's like a, a machine? <laughs> there <laughs> there's nothing there. Um This This is actually Probably how I would react to the same situation, to be honest.
2: So, let's talk about yeah. Craft. It's
1: just like, oh wow, this this has carbonated water in it. That's that's pretty interesting. Canis right?
0: lupus lupus. <laughs> it's the European wolf. Uh yeah, um he does uh like let slip like as soon as they walk into the house, uh he says something he repeats something that Rita was saying. That he was supposedly ignoring so he sort of lets it slip there that he was paying more attention to her than she thought um, and ignoring her on purpose basically uh, Miguel and Dexter go off to have a conversation about Miguel's father and what a bastard he was meanwhile Syl offers Rita a drink and Rita says she'd better not so Syl becomes the first person to learn that Dexter and Rita are pregnant Syl says that she and Miguel have been trying to get pregnant End of development for Syl. Uh, Miguel (laughs) had an ulterior motive for inviting Dexter. He wants to talk straight on uh, where the case is. Miguel says that he and Ramon have a lead of their own. They have Freebo's mother's cell phone, so if he calls the phone, they can track him. And Dexter rushes to check up on the Tegan information. He arrives at Tegan's sorority house. I wasn't sure exactly where they were supposed to be. Um... The show seemed to think it was a sorority house. I was under the impression that parties weren't allowed at sorority houses, but maybe I have my information wrong there.
2: They're not. Um, well, they didn't do any research. They just were like, it "Revenge of the Nerds." They had parties like this, so it must be. What but not at the work.
0: sororities, right? Yeah. It's, no. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Same
2: thing to them.
3: When I w- when I went to college, I distinctly remember going to parties at both fraternities and sororities and seeing them as well. Like just just like I saw in the in the show, which is crazy, but yes, yeah. I think you're right, Dale. I think it's definitely it's not supposed to happen. Yeah, I think it's not allowed. Does yeah yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So uh, he runs into two girls who know where Tegan, aka the hoe bag, lives. They're trying to trade sex for drugs, but Dexter asks for the address instead. Then he, like, slips out to go get his stash and just ghosts him. Um, but he's also glaringly out
3: of place. Like, the girl who looks at him with her with her top off, uh, it's just like, what? That's yeah. clearly not supposed to be there. That's <laughs> such a weird scene.
2: Yeah. It's so weird. Like, yeah, that it doesn't... He's not blending at all. No. I realistically said, be like, what's that creepy dude doing here? Well,
0: when he gets upstairs with the two girls that are, like, trying to score drugs off of him like he starts slipping back into his like tweaker mode a little bit but it's more like it's more like every line that he says should start with the words as the kids would say <laughs>
2: right <laughs> yes he's trying because he's just like
0: as the kids would say let me go get my stash <laughs> oh
2: that's awkward
0: yeah. and um of course, they were like twins—twins, twin sorority girls. Of course.
3: Well, they all—they all look the same. I think that's what it is—is is like
0: all the sorority girls look just, the same.
3: They have very similar DNA structures. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they all have the same parentage.
3: Yes.
2: Was the term "ho that prevalent still at that time? Oh, or, sure. because no? they really liked that word a lot. Hobag, Hobag. I think they said it about eight. Yeah, years. this
0: was like ten years ago.
2: Uh,
3: yeah. yeah, I don't think Hobag's ever gonna go. Yeah, Hobag's never gonna go this
1: anywhere. This was two thousand and late. Broke. So.
2: <laughs> two thousand and late as the kids. No, <laughs> say. Rita was
0: two thousand and late.
2: Oh. Uh, oh, I'm done. Good one. Well
0: done. Well done. Um. <laughs> Dexter decides to go back to Rita and have the baby conversation instead of going to the ho-pad. They begin listing pros and cons. Dexter adds cute to the pro side. Rita adds noise, time, money, stretch marks, saggy boobs, and less personal freedom to the cons list. Then the kids break some glass with a soccer ball. Rita sends them to the room and then cuts her finger. She tells Dexter, what am I thinking? Getting
1: pregnant. Like Rita's just being a negative Nancy at this point
3: Well I also have to wonder like Did they ever have that conversation About when they stopped using protection
0: Cause I mean That's, that's... an interesting point That's something <laughs> that I thought about
3: Right.
0: I thought about quite a bit Um Over these last couple of episodes And I, I hadn't really like Crystallized What I thought about it but Um yeah, how, is, how does a single mom of two not have birth control on lockdown?
1: Exactly. That's how she became a single mom of two.
3: <laughs> Damn. Well, she was married, and, you know, obviously in the marriage with Paul, they, that was something that they were going towards. So, you know, she's not a product of her own doing in that regard. But with Dexter, definitely. It's like, they just got back together. Right It bothers me I think it's just like This whole pregnancy storyline Is so contrived to me It's like I just wish it didn't exist
2: <laughs> Well and Dexter is such a robot And he is he, he is Obviously He would never want kids So you think He would also be thinking About such things I don't know. And And Rita is not an idiot She would have thought of this So they would have had The conversation at some point Well how did this happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, even if they're using some kind of, you know, non-foolproof method, if they're using condoms and they just had sex a thousand times and that was enough to for the the margin of error to come through or whatever. But, like, in the last episode it was presented as she's horny and having cravings because she's pregnant. And so it doesn't make a lot of sense that... It doesn't... Like... Her getting pregnant is a very strange thing for her for her to have happen to her on accident at this point in her life. That's that's the way I'm thinking. About right. It.
2: So therefore, they should have at least throw in like most shows do that cheap. Oh, something must have broken or. Or know.
0: Cody replaced all my pills with Tic Tacs. Because <laughs> he's oh, the yeah. old, old Cody ate all of her birth control and put Tic Tacs in his place. Right. And
1: OG Cody's burning it down on
0: the way out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is a very good point that uh, that somehow she gets pregnant.
1: Um, it's a miracle, baby.
0: Yeah, it's it's a miracle plot device. Um, <laughs> Angel and Quinn track down a known associate of Freebo. Dexter gives Deb and Tegan, or Dexter gives Deb the Tegan file back and says he couldn't find anything. He's curious about Deb's new angle. She's looking for Tegan's dealer, who was Freebo. Deb asks Dexter what scrapbooking is. Uh, Dexter gives a clinical three-sentence definition. Deb says, I don't even want to know how you know that. Um, That ties back to something that Yuki said about expanding her life by starting scrapbooking. Was one of her suggestions. And Deb doesn't even know what scrapbooking is um, because she's on Miami Metro.
1: Like nobody at Miami Metro knows how to use a computer. No, <laughs> nobody but Dexter. Because everybody comes to Dexter with Google search. <laughs> yeah. Or at this point, I'm, it's not that I need to lycos.
3: stick. Not that I uh, stick, They stick up for Deb, but she uh, she didn't grow up with uh, like a, really a mother at all. or sisters, and she doesn't have any female friends. Pretty much. So, like, I guess I can see how she doesn't know what scrapbooking is because she's such a tomboy and she didn't really have any of that influence in her life. Uh, but, yeah, but Aaron's right. Google search or whatever because Google's been around for over 20 years. Like, it's not that hard.
0: Well, and she's trying to become a detective. <laughs> and she has to ask her brother yeah. what scrapbooking is. Like, he would know. <laughs> like, why does he know? Which, why did? <laughs> He does. Is this something that Rita does or, like... Why would he know that? Um, Dexter decides he needs to get back onto finding Freebo as soon as it gets dark. That, getting the title for our episode. Um, he says, this department just get, is getting annoyingly effective, which I think is is an oddly true statement. Um, when Miami Metro gets effective, it's a risk to Dexter, but most of the time they're not effective at all. Uh... Angel and Quinn uh, hear a noise from another room of Freebo's associate. He says it's just a cat. They burst in with their guns drawn and find a woman getting ready to pour pills into the toilet. Um, I think that's about all that Quinn and Angel get to do in this episode. Is like this one sort of funny scene, and that's, that's about it. We know like next to nothing about Quinn at this point. Which bothers me. Yeah. Because, again, here's
3: another thing. Where did he come from? Why was he transferred? Yeah. What is he doing there? I get well, that Dokes is
0: gone, but yeah, like... They,
3: it's so, th- again, contrived.
0: <laughs> they They don't explain it, and they don't explain... Like, there's been a passage of time between season two and season three. So, you know, Quinn's probably been there for a couple of months by the time that we pick up the story. But still, like... Like, this partnering him with Angel... For like a scene in this episode It's the first like character development of any kind They do with him um, Not
1: necessarily Because in the first episode When Yuki first brings The case up to Dexter or t- To Debra um, Deborah goes to talk to him And he mentions something about his watch And he, She asks him if it's a knockoff And he's like no it's a real one how do you afford that on a cop salary? And so they're building this mystery of, is he a dirty cop? Is he, is he a righteous cop? So I, I get it, but it's not interesting because Yuki's annoying, and as such, you don't really care about that storyline at all.
0: Well, it would be a lot better if it was developed via Quinn, instead of around him and about him, I think that's what really hurts it. Like, you just kind of see him in passing and you hear about this other stuff and, I mean, I guess that comes into into play later, but, like, if we were getting to know Quinn independently of Yuki's investigation, then there'd be more to this character than just, you know, Eric King's not on the show anymore and so... We'll just get Desmond Harrington to sit in a bo- sit in the cubicle and look smug and make jokes at Masuka. Really a fire-burning topic there about Quinn. Uh,
3: <laughs> just, I'm, I'm upset. Not a lot to
2: say. I'm upset. Not much to say <laughs> about we guys. don't have
1: enough information. We're
0: all just fuming. We
2: don't know Quinn.
0: Uh, Freebo's associate gives them information about Chickie Hines, who the audience has never heard of, uh, Angel and Quinn go to La Guerta with it, and the information essentially destroys the latest successful prosecution by Miguel Prado. It's very strange to me that this great information that they get from Fribos' associate that they're all excited about is something that destroys a case that they just made, that they that they just closed at the at the court. It
1: bothers me that it's a case that. We have no idea what it's about. Like, uh, Angel and Quinn have this look on their face like, we're supposed to know who Chicky Hines is, <laughs> and it's just annoying.
0: Well, they're like, we can clear Chicky Hines. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, that's okay. What? And then she she's the one that says, like, you know, Miguel Prado just just closed the case on him. Like law enforcement and the district attorney's office work together. They would all know that. They would all like this trial would have been going on for months and like Angel for sure would know the outcome of the trial.
1: Especially if it's the biggest one that Miguel Prado's dealt with. Right. So
0: it it's just such a strange like they're all excited to go to La Guerta with Exculpatory evidence of someone that was just Put away by Their justice system The Miami Metro justice system Well you guys know who Chicky Hines really is Right? He's the,
3: he's the heir to the Hines fortune The ketchup fortune
0: <laughs> Chicky Hines <laughs> Yeah
3: So much ketchup
0: His uncle is the original Colonel Mustard
3: <laughs> God, yeah, you gotta know who Chicky Hines is not pop- very popular, very <laughs> notable.
0: Yeah, I don't like that Chicky Hines. I like the regular stuff. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there's, I uh, think, there's Chicky Hines. There's spicy Hines. There's, uh, there's. I'm yeah. gonna hate this, that I say this. Slow Hines. Uh, the Hines Girls. Is, is, Back yeah.
0: in the '90s, they were like the American Spice Girls. Yeah uh dexter checks in on angel to see if there's any new leads angel's having a rough time dexter tells him that rita is pregnant angel gets very excited he tells dexter that his daughter is the best thing that ever happened to him dexter has a daydream about his son who is somehow older than cody harry shows up and makes that exact point and says cody and Astor would be older you know And dexter says i like them this age not creepy at all.
2: Which actually means we didn't want to find more child
1: actors in this scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they could have just put terrible wigs
2: on them. <laughs> it always works for young Dexter.
1: That's <laughs>
0: <More> <laughs> Just like, put like a male pattern baldness calf on Cody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like fake goatee or something.
0: <laughs> Give Aster <laughs> a tattoo. <laughs> 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 Um, and then Dexter Remarks that his family would have been Something Harry wouldn't have believed possible Then the daydream shifts to Rita and Cody Looking for Aster Dexter finds his son wearing The killing garb with a bloody garrot
2: The daydreams are awful But I thought that was pretty cool The way it got to the kid with the garrot I thought that was kind of a little I mean a little, you know It was a little creepy but otherwise The daydreams were stupid <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I as soon as the, the pregnancy thing was was revealed, I was like, we're gonna get a bunch of like Dexter hand wringing about him bringing another serial killer into the world, and and th- and there it is, Whoa. there it is, hooray! Uh, Quincy I gives gives Dub a lead to a dealer named Javier, who would have probably tried to recruit Tegan as a strawberry. Now, just a second here. (laughs) I did not have the... the, I didn't uh, remember or have the time to go on Urban Dictionary and find out if that's a real term. But uh, for our listeners, I guess a strawberry is someone who is willing to trade sex for drugs?
3: Yeah, I never called it that when I was a drug dealer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You... We're doing your drug dealing all wrong Look at all you missed
3: out I guess so Also I don't think strawberries are that sweet I think they're too tart
0: Well <laughs> I had this girl Okay oh. Aaron is showing me urban dictionary That yes yeah, strawberry girl is a Neighbor, slang term for that
1: A neighborhood hoe
0: <laughs> um, Oh well if it's a it's A
2: hoe or a hoe bag
0: Just hoe Just hoe just
3: yeah see i didn't deal with neighborhood hoes i usually i had
0: classy hoes (laughs) well and i thought strawberry was like a a cute play on words like she was doing cocaine through a straw oh that's a good one i didn't think about that the show like doesn't go into that at all they're just like proud of themselves for using a slang term um javier makes the mistake of reaching for deb's face and gets stuck in a hold current strawberry strung out on the couch sees the picture and says that she's seen Tegan on Javier's dick and Deb asks her what the name is and Javier says, I don't know, bitch cunt, hey you and the strawberry says, yeah a little uh, little levity there with the uh,
1: (laughs) the the whole drug prostitution thing
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, it's it's so fun (laughs) Yeah, I... Did. We have fun That's here. Hilarious. Yes. Maybe <laughs>
0: she'll end up with a bunch of skin missing like Tegan. Um, Javier says that he passed her to a friend named Freebo. So, Deb has a new lead. Uh, Dexter's wasting time trying to stay ahead of Miami Metro. Angel says that Deb found a big lead. Masuka gets his article published. Dexter says the shrine must have worked, and Masuka agrees. And then throws it in the trash.
3: It's not even a real, like it's not even a real Buddha. It's like one of those fat Buddha statues. It's like not a, it's not like a real Buddha.
0: Well, yeah, and I'm sure so. they did that so that the show wasn't being disrespectful.
3: Oh, I get that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just pissed off at Masuka for like bullshitting. I know that that's what he does. So well, why he am I had, pissed off at Masuka?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess he had like every kind of religious iconography he could come up with. Like, he had a cross, he had um, all this other kind of stuff, and then Dexter made some crack about how he thought that Japanese people were Shinto. Miguel and Ramon are out at Miami Beach. Fribo has called the cell phone and they're not able to track him, but Miguel is pushing Ramon out of the sting. LaGuerta arrives and Ramon gives her shit. Miguel sends him home. Uh, LaGuerta talks to him about Chicky Hines about how they have new evidence to overturn his case. Miguel's really frustrated, but he tells LaGuardia to always tell him the truth and uh, never serve him Chicky Hines, because he doesn't like it. Um, Deb tells my Metro that her Jane Doe is likely killed by Freebo. LaGuardia sees that the cases are connected and merges them, putting Deb back on the Freebo case. So she was off of that for about a half of an episode each. Uh, Quinn gets pissy with Deb using his CI behind his back. Dexter goes to Tegan's hoe pad. He finds Freebo there naked and drunk. Dexter has not brought his tools for some reason. He rushes out to get his stuff. Rita shows up unannounced to Dexter's apartment. So let's talk about this ridiculousness. He goes to Tegan's house looking for Freebo without any of his killing tools. Then he goes back to his apartment to get his killing tools, and then Rita, who, I don't know, did she leave the kids in the car, uh, is at his apartment to talk to him about baby stuff, completely unannounced, no call, no warning.
2: a lot of very poorly executed things going on in this episode.
1: Well, to be fair to Dexter, he was there searching for something that would point him towards Freebo's location. He didn't expect Freebo to be there.
0: Yeah, there's just a lot of hokey, ridiculous stuff going on. Um, The scene with... There's like the scene where he... He finds out about Tegan's location. He goes there. uh, And then he's not prepared for it. And then he ends up running into Rita at his apartment. Like this episode, by the way, is written by the head writer of Dexter at the time, so it, it's, it's pretty shoddy plotting, it's pretty shoddy uh, steps for things.
2: Yeah, the way it's mapped out just doesn't... It. It's just, oh, so we're going to send him here, but then we need to have this happen, so we're going to send him back here. Let's just say he forgot his tools, or he didn't bring his tools, just so we can back to his apartment, just so he could be stopped by Rita. Even though, as you said, Rita's not going to just show up like that. So, yeah, just... Nobody really thought about how things are going to connect.
0: Yeah, and it's super... soapy and ridiculous that, like... they're trying to make this this will he or won't he accept being a father thing like this very soap opera premise part of the tension of the show it just doesn't work for me at all It's like eventually he's going to do the right thing because that's what he does when it comes to Rita there's there's no question in my mind that that's like he's going to be an idiot about it for a couple of days because he's Dexter but he's going to come around and figure it out
3: yeah There's a pattern that's set here that's uh, very much like a, a Dexter is wanting to do something or go somewhere, but then is caught off guard by something or someone and has to go back and forth and back and forth, which I guess is sort of like a metaphor for his decision on whether or not he wants to be a part of the baby's life. So, right, it's just very strange a way of doing it. But it all seems like it's a it does seem like a very thought out pattern by the writers, but everyone's, I think, on it where it's it's poorly executed and it's just infuriating because it doesn't sit like it should with a, a, a solid episode of this show.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, him being surprised by Rita gets, like, a momentary... Like, for a minute you're, like, worried about who's at the door and then it's Rita and you're like, oh, okay, we're still goofing around back and forth with this. Mm
2: -hmm. what seems for one i think i think dale you said earlier that you weren't a fan of them doing the pregnancy storyline at all because we knew where it's going to go but it's so soon in the series to take that that obvious turn that almost every show does with the pregnancy you had two pretty strong seasons that were really well received and then you know you're throwing in that that uh that final throw that every show does—we're running out of ideas, so let's make somebody pregnant. It was way too soon in the series. They
1: could have that. had another Cody show up and call him Cousin Oliver.
0: <laughs> well, I was waiting for that. Would have been the only. Thing. I, I was waiting for another Rudy to show up. Like Rudy was a was a twin brother, but uh, right. I mean that. Those were the other like soap opera cliches you could throw in this. Um. So Rita says that all she can think of are cons. Dexter says he agrees. And then Rita says she's deciding to have the baby with or without him. She's proving that she can handle being a single mom. Dexter's role in the baby's life is up to him. So she had to get child care, rush out in the middle of the night without telling Dexter that she was coming, to go to his apartment, to like double bluff him into telling him that she was going to have the baby no matter what. And her reasoning that she's proven that she can be a single mom is like... Brooke, I'll let you take it from there.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I can handle being a single mom, so I should just be a single mom again is kind of what I'm thinking, but I don't know. Just, just gross overall, really.
0: I, just because you've had that situation... Like, and you can you could deal with it if you had to. Like, why would you do that? Why would you let yourself get yeah, pregnant in the first place? And then why would you? Right. Uh, so.
2: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Yeah, I can do it. So why not? Let's just do it again. You know what? <laughs> the teen moms have done it. The teen moms have done it. Should they do it again? No.
3: But they do. <laughs> they, do they do. And they do it over and over and over. Making it
2: back for a new season. Over and over. Doesn't mean you can do well, it.
0: Cody and Aster almost burned to death last season, but it was okay.
2: This is fine. Well,
1: she was fine. She's right all time. fine. She's such a good single mom. Like, yeah, my kid's almost burned to death, and you know they have a crackhead father. Yeah, but
0: Dexter was, was there. It was fine.
3: I I will say, for her never going to work anymore. Like we haven't seen her at work in a yeah. long time. Uh, well, she got she fired from the that house hotel. Up Oh yeah, right? So she still has money to buy all these groceries. That house is full of stuff. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, hey, if she has the financial means to do so, maybe she can handle it. I don't know.
2: She got real pissed about them breaking that vase, but you know (laughs) that she was fine when they were almost caught on fire by a psycho.
0: Yeah, well Paul had like a $10 million life support, or (laughs) life insurance policy. Yeah.
3: Uh, I'm sure. He invested
0: his drug money well. Um. Must have. so Dexter returns to the Hopad and grabs Freebo Freebo wakes up in a kill room Miguel is outside he's tracked down Freebo's cell phone Miguel shows up inside the house with a gun Dexter's doing his shtick telling Freebo about how he killed Tegan. then Dexter gags Freebo he stabs him in the neck with the Prado family bayonet that he slipped out of Miguel's house earlier in the episode, Freebo dies. Miguel starts making his way towards the garage kill room. Dexter walks out and Miguel sees him. He tells Dexter that he had the phone records. Dexter shows him the bloody bayonet and said that it was self-defense. Miguel hugs Dexter and tells him that Miguel wasn't sure he could do this but Dexter did it for him. And Miguel offers to help Dexter hide the evidence but Dexter tells him to leave for plausible deniability. Miguel grabs Dexter's face and says, "Thank you." And that's the end of the episode.
2: Great, kind of redeemed the episode.
1: It, when when he grabs his face and says, "Thank you," it kind of zooms in on this blood stain on Miguel's shirt, as well. Mm-hmm. So you're you're left with this dread, like, "Oh God, this guy's gonna get caught, and it's gonna be Dexter is on the lam again." And, and you just, uh, you, you just really want to go to episode three immediately.
2: Well, I'm not usually a Jimmy Smiths fan. I just don't, I don't think he's that great. But he was so good in this scene.
0: I I actually think Jimmy Smiths is pretty underrated overall. Um, I think he's a really fantastic actor, but he tends to be he te- like we talked about last time. He tends to be cast in things as a replacement. Character, and so it always kind of feels like an afterthought, or a you know a kind of disposable character for for him to be playing. Um, that might be his best scene in the season. We'll have to see <laughs> that that like thank you moment. But uh, uh, yeah, he really does give it his all, and um, for as little as I am. For as little as I like this, like this overall, I think Jimmy Smith's. Uh, if if they had tried to do it with somebody somebody else, uh, it, it would have been a lot worse. I think. I think he. He he sells it even though it's not a particularly strong, concept or idea, to have. So.
2: Oh, he was great in the scene. I mean,
0: phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've watched Sons of Anarchy, but he's, like, a late replacement in that as well. he's oh, um, fantastic. And he's so good in Sons of Anarchy.
2: I liked him in Sons. Yeah, I liked him in Sons. Just generally, I think, and I think, like you said, he's usually a replacement. It might just be the way he comes in, and he's, you know, trying to fill a void left by somebody who's left the show. Because I did really like him in Sons of Anarchy, and I, I remember liking him in Dexter overall the first time, but I don't remember being very fond of the character arc so I'm curious
0: to see where it all yeah. goes well in Sons they were smart oh. enough to bring him in before he became a replacement if that makes sense like he was right. brought in to be a replacement for a character but they hadn't gotten rid of that character yet so it gave him time to develop a little bit outside of that and actually have um, a, a, a established relationship to be that replacement character so
3: i was a bit bothered by the um wait the reason that he like when he had a gun and he showed up like i get that he had the the cell phone records it just was like it seemed as if he has such a high profile job his other brother is a sheriff or something
0: right? yeah ramon is a brother. sheriff
3: yeah like I don't know. It it just seems so weird for him to be there. I mean, it's a great scene, but it just doesn't make sense in terms of
0: like so the way I read it was that Miguel was going to kill Freebo himself.
3: Yeah, but why? Like why not send in the the Miami Metro? Like I get it, he wants revenge.
0: It was yeah, it's a personal uh, like, vendetta thing
3: it just seems so, he's such a he's an ada and he wants to be a da at why would you risk all of that and even if he says i didn't know if i could go through with it uh I, like then why did you show up in the first place you put yourself in in harm's way you put your 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 job in jeopardy you put your family in jeopardy it's just like i give i'm so i give i mean, i didn't like this episode i'm so frustrated with everything
0: <laughs> yeah
3: it didn't i didn't like it i didn't make sense
2: well, I think probably his grieving and his anger overall maybe made him a little more out of control than he normally would. You know, he's probably somebody who usually is a lot more concentrated and careful, but he's kind of going off the rails a little bit because of his brother's murder.
0: Yeah, and I can buy that. I think there's a lot of good ideas in this episode. I just think that the execution is, like, they didn't have enough time or they really wanted to squeeze some things into this episode that they didn't have a real natural way of getting to. Um, the, like, the Dexter taking a break in the middle of killing Freebo to, like, go home and talk to Rita It's just a really odd pacing thing. Um, and then, yeah, like, the reasoning behind why Miguel was there isn't, isn't so spelled out. Um, but you just... You get the emotion from him that, like, he is grateful to Dexter for taking care of something that he wasn't sure he could do. Uh, This episode was directed by Marco Siega. He directed nine episodes between season two and season four. This was his first of four in season three. Um, Previously worked on some music videos, Veronica Mars and Cold Case, and after Dexter, he worked on the Vampire uh, Vampire Diaries and 18 episodes of the following. Uh, The writer was Melissa Rosenberg, who was the head writer on the first four seasons. She wrote or co-wrote 11 episodes across all four seasons, including the season finales of season one and season two. And she's now the creator and occasional writer on Jessica Jones. Um, So what's everybody's favorite line of the episode?
1: I like the one where she... uh, Petunia, you're the dumbest hoe on this world. (laughs) On this... (laughs) stroll stroll yeah
2: this department is becoming what is it disturb or annoyingly effective this department is becoming annoyingly effective that one yeah. just just because it's Miami Metro <laughs> and that's never going to yeah. happen that they're going to become effective yeah we but should
0: get uh, I we should get deeply discussing dexter t-shirts that have Miami Metro homicide on the front and it says uh, not always effective but sometimes annoyingly effective <laughs> <laughs> I'd <I> rock that <laughs> shirt
3: mine was uh, kind of a cunt aren't you mm-hmm. I'm Deb to the,
0: I so we're all pretty much in that same scene uh, for the most part there about the worst line of the episode religious freedom buddy I- <sighs> that's
1: that oh, was pretty bad. Yeah, I didn't
3: actually have like a, a worse one right off the bat. So when I thought about it, my mind was uh, when Dexter said uh, it was self-defense, which wasn't really a bad line, but I think it's a it's a bad motive or a bad excuse to kill. Like, I don't know. It's just yeah, he's just
0: say. spinning there, um, trying to yeah. like he because he it, all the stuff he's saying like depends on the fact that he can keep Miguel out of that room. Yeah,
2: mine wasn't a specific line, but it was uh, when Deb was interviewing the prostitutes, and they were asking where the victim got their hair done. And uh-huh. it, it just ugh, such a caricature, and so just oh, do you think you can get me his number? Like, mm, yeah, bad. Yeah,
0: she well, and that's what leads to the line, Petunia, you're the dumbest whore on this stroll. Well,
2: <laughs> sure. So I mean, it did lead to a good line. It's in
0: service it- of a good line. <laughs>
2: It was just like something out of a bad sitcom
0: I was, uh, yeah I, And I love that there's a there's a, a trans woman in Miami Trans street walker in Miami That's named Petunia,
1: Petunia. The, the worst Great hooker <laughs> name The worst line was Deb asking yeah. <laughs> about scrapbooking That was it Like,
0: What is scrapbooking?
1: She was surrounded by computers at that point. Like she could have, she could have done anything, but instead she asked Dexter. As
0: Well, when she learns to stop asking Dexter, and also not Google, then she'll be officially a detective From Miami Metro. <laughs> there you go. Those are the,
3: those are the tests. That's when she'll, she'll. she'll finally get her shield, but it'll be like in the mail. Yeah, like a mail order shield. It'll be like a
1: McGruff crime dog Thing
0: Yeah. Once all of her effectiveness is gone She will be <laughs> She will be Detective Morgan um, How about the performance Of the episode Slash not Michael, C. Michael Hall. C. Hall Which I think probably the obvious Answer here would be uh, Jimmy Smits But uh,
2: Smits Yeah Smits no doubt
3: I don't know I thought the girl who played Tegan Was pretty convincing <laughs>
0: Isn't she, she even dead, dead this whole episode? Whole episode?
1: <laughs> she, I
3: mean, that's a hell of a
1: performance. She was in
0: one scene in the last episode.
1: <laughs> I actually thought the performance of the episode went to the. Um,
0: Don't say the strawberry. I, yeah, that's where he was going. <laughs> uh, that was it. That's
2: exactly the what strawberry
1: know. was yeah, hilarious. That whole scene was great.
0: It's pretty good. I agree with Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> you would (laughs) thanks for listening guys that is season 3 episode 2 thanks for listening to the podcast thanks you guys for helping me out